Blog Talk Radio. Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today, and I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Uh, as I always say, time is that one commodity that you just can't get back. So be sure that when someone spends some time with you, you, um, you recognize that they could have spent that with anybody else. So here's what I want to talk about today. We're in the middle of I won't say in the middle. Hopefully, we're coming out of a pandemic. And uh, a lot of the quarantines have been lifted. And I recently found this quote, this, this little excerpt out of a, a blog post, and I want to share this with you. Be your own boss. Use this pandemic as the last straw, the spark, your inspiration to get into business for yourself. Now, you don't expect to hear that, right? Especially if you have maybe just been furloughed or you've been downsized or you've been sitting at home for two months waiting for your company to give you the thumbs up that you can come back to work. Well, that is going to be what we're going to be talking about today. Today's guest is Jason Yeaman and John Malika. John, I hope I didn't butcher that too badly. Um, they that, they that are perfect. both. <laughs> thank you. They are both co-founders of My Franchise CPAs. Okay, so don't turn, don't change the dial, folks. CPAs can be interesting, exciting, and fun. I promise you. They specialize in tax planning for franchises, franchise entity formations, bookkeeping services, and tax liability uh, minimization. So the bottom line is that they help franchise owners save money and taxes and build wealth for future generations. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Having us. Absolutely. Now, now I told everybody this was going to be a fun show and that CPAs can have a sense of humor. So we have to live up to that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. sure. We definitely do. We, we definitely do. Well, you know, as I said earlier, you know, this is a very interesting time for us. No one has ever lived through something like this. So before we dive into that, why don't each of you tell me a little bit about yourself and why did you choose franchising? Franchising is not something that once you pass your exam, you go, hmm, I think I'll do franchising. Why did you specialize in that? Why were you focused in that area? Sure. And uh, Jason, I can go, go, go into that one. Um, so we actually met uh, at Florida Atlantic University uh, where we got our master's together. Then we went off and, and worked. I worked in um, public accounting for a few years, and Jason went into finance. Um, 
we both got to a point in 2016, remember, was an election year, and there was a lot going on. It was also a crazy time. Um, and we both were at a point in our careers where we wanted to work for ourselves. We had that same kind of entrepreneurial itch, let's say, that franchisees have when they, they decide to, um, to make that, that same, same, same choice. And we, uh, we went ahead and, and did it. We, we, we quit our jobs and we, we opened our firm. And the thing is, we weren't franchisees was not in our, our minds at, at that time. That was actually a random chance. Um, an old co- coworker of mine in public uh, accounting, he, he ended up going to work for a, a brokerage, and all they do is lend to um, people who are starting a, a franchise. And mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a chance encounter between me, me and him, he needed some help on the business uh, entity side, starting LLCs for, for these individuals and speeding up mm-hmm. the, the, the process for them to fund. Um, and, and, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. And, yeah. so, and so tell me a little bit about how you started working with clients. You know, who, who is it that you work with and how do, how do you start out working with someone? What's, What's the first step when they say, uh, I think I might want to be a franchisee? John, can I, sure. can I go take it from here? Absolutely. Uh, so really, you know, the first thing that we would want to understand is, you know, a lot of times they'll have a franchise in mind. Uh, but if we think about it for more from a fundamental perspective of they've have, they've already picked the franchise that they want. Well, what we will do is, We'll help them secure funding if they need it. We'll help them get their entity formed. We will help them obtain licensure that may be required in the state they're going to be operating in at the state, the county, and the local level. We'll help them understand the uh, sales and the taxes and sales tax that will be applicable to them. Basically, we get them set up from a business formation perspective initially so that they can obtain funding if it's from the SBA. And two, so they can operate in the uh, environment that they need to from compliance perspectives. Every state is different. Every local is different. But once they launch, what we really do is we work with them to get them to a point where they're driving revenue and they're focusing on the sales and the marketing completely. And we take care of the back office type of things. We're more CFOs in that perspective. We help them lay out goals we hold them accountable to those goals, and we budget and we forecast with them based on those goals. Those goals can change, and obviously the outcomes will. But once they, we start to take on with them, once they get going, we start to work with them for tax planning because that's a big, big value add for our clients. And then mm-hmm. as they grow, depending on their goals, they change, then we'll help them with an exit strategy that's commensurate with the outcomes that they want. And that's pretty much in a nutshell – uh, how we help our clients um, in this franchise space. So do we work with startups exclusively? No. We work with existing. We work with mature. We work with anybody in the franchise space to try and help them really take this business to the next level. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned franchisees, but it sounds like some of what you do could almost be on the franchise or level as well. So do you work with the franchisors? Uh, yes, we do, actually. 
Um, we we work with franchisors. We have some pretty good relationships with some franchisors. But when it comes to the franchisor, what we've determined is that franchisors are very top-line oriented revenue. That's their thing. But meanwhile, the bottom line is actually has the most impact on the franchisee. So the franchisors want to drive revenue, and that's great. But what we help them do is protect the bottom line. So it kind of gives the franchisor a full spectrum of support for their franchisees. If the mm-hmm. franchisee is doing a million dollars in revenue, but their their uh, net income is ninety thousand dollars, right? Well, something's wrong that's here. Not exactly a great outcome. <laughs> something's not something's right. not right here. So that's where we come in mm-hmm. and uh, provide mm-hmm. the attention needed to address that situation and move mm-hmm. forward with them to obviously whatever it may be. Is, is there mm-hmm. CFO things that need to be applied? Is there a tax planning strategy that we can implement? We just kind mm-hmm. of diagnose the issues and move forward from there. Mm-hmm. So do you find that a lot of the franchisees, um, what level of knowledge do they have when it comes to running a, a business? Um, those that you're working with, when they first become a franchisee, what is their their perspective or their knowledge of, their business knowledge, I guess I should say? Jordan, got that? Yeah, I mean, um, for the most part, let's say 85 to 90% of, of, of startups that we come across have none. Um, they're essentially a, a blank slate, um, and they're open to, to listening. They kind of look as at the franchisor as like, let's say, dad. Dad is telling us everything that we, we need to know. We're going to listen. Um, uh, but they're also – you know, and, and some of our, our, our better clients are, are the ones that are willing to listen to us from a tax perspective, from a, fi- a financial um, per, per perspective. Um, but, yeah, for, for, for the most part, uh, none to hardly any. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, we'll get somebody who's, who owned a business. Uh, like, like we worked with a um, uh, grounds guys in Alabama uh, he owned an existing landscaping uh, business, and he rolled rolled that into a franchise, which actually for hmm. him was was a really great opportunity. Um, but for the most part, pretty much, much no none, no business knowledge. Let me just ask you real quick: Why would someone who has a landscape business? Um, buy a franchise and then roll their existing business in that. What was the benefit in that for him? The the, the benefit really was he he was doing okay, but he didn't have a lot of du- du- direction for growth. Um, he was mm-hmm. kind of stagnant in his existing business, and he, he he realized that if I work with this up and coming growing franchise that has all the bells and whistles the systems in place, you know, the CRM, the POS, all these systems in place. Um, and, and it's a, a household hold name. The Grounds Guys is a fairly big franchise. Um, he, he believed that by going that route that he, he could grow faster. I'm glad you brought that up because so many um, people that I hear or there are people that I've heard say, well, I already have my own um, house cleaning, residential cleaning, or uh, landscape company, why would I want to pay money 
to a franchise to be a part of that. But it's the infrastructure you're buying into, and that's right. what is, has been set up for success when many times when, you know, you get a lawnmower and then you grow, you've got a few more lawns, so you buy another lawnmower and then you hire a guy. And um, this is so much more than just uh, providing a service. It's running and creating a business. Isn't that right? That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, yes, it is. And, and there's, there's something there, too, though, is that when competition, you know, we're speaking of landscaping, for example, or painting services or mm-hmm. a cleaning service, when competition is very, very uh, tight and there are a lot of people in the market, a franchise can help you differentiate yourself. Right. That brand awareness right. can be what puts you over. And there are certain things that give you credibility um, above and beyond your competitors. So yeah. I think that's yeah. an important piece of it too. Absolutely. And there's a comfort level when somebody drives, uh, drives up, a truck drives up and parks in front of my house and they, they look like they are truly in business instead of a truck that you're wondering, are they going to be able to get it started when they get ready to leave? So um, that's, it, it's doing business in a whole different ways. It is actually building a business instead of just um, earning enough money to put groceries on the table. Exactly. So, you know, I mentioned earlier that quote that came off, and that quote, folks, actually came off of My Franchise CPA's website. So you might want to check that out, My Franchise CPA's um, plural. Dot com. Um, and the quote again is, be your own boss. Use the pandemic as the last straw, the spark, your inspiration to get into business for yourself. Tell me, what did you mean by that? Yeah, that's a really great um, question. So, and it's something I, I, I've been seeing um, in the, 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 the people that we work with. There's actually been an uptick in people starting a franchise through our channels, which was interesting. You know, the pandemic comes, everybody's inside, uh, the economy is on a downturn, doom and gloom, and yet here's all these people that are opening a franchise. And what, and what I realized is um, with all the furloughing and companies just, you know, firing thousands and thousands of employees and executives and furloughing them, um, that you really don't have any security in a full-time time job. You're, you're, you're there and you're, you're good for them as long as you're good for them. And when you're not, goodbye. And, you know, it, it, there's really not a better time if the world is forcing you. And is this something you were on the fence about? Well, now the world is forcing you to make uh, decision. You have to, you know, sit at home and, and collect on uh, unemployment and, and, and kind of let, let, let the world continue to force you um, to, to do whatever the world for, for, for forces you to do or take this opportunity and go, hey, um, that's it. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I have to, to, to make a decision. I've always wanted to start a business. I've got some money in the bank. I just got furloughed. Now is my chance. Um, and there's really great opportunities opportunities to, to start a franchise, which I'll, I'll, I'll get into when we talk about um, some of the benefits that came out of like the uh, 
CARES Act and, and, and stuff like that. But that, that, that's what I was thinking when, when I wrote that. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and talk to me a little bit further about the CARES Act and, and um, how that and, and the benefits of that. Sure. So, so right now for startups, um, we've been work. you know, since, since we, we really got into working in this space uh, around the middle of 2018, we've worked with hundreds um, of start, startups around the country. And, and tip, the m- most common way they fund uh, their franchise is through an SBA loan. Um, you know, the Small Business Administration, which subsidizes loans um, for people who want to start a business. And, and typically, uh, the payment on the, 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 those loans would be around 1800 a month when, when, you got fund, when you get funded with a 150K loan, which is the standard um, funding amount, you're looking at about an $1,800 payment payment right now until – from now until the middle of September, um, if you get an SBA loan, you do not have to make a payment. And not only do you not have to make a payment, but your payments are forgiven for six months. That's, a, you know, 1,800 times time, time six. I'm, I'm a CPA, but, I, you know, I, I don't have a, a, a calculator in front of me. <laughs> you know. So it's $10,800, John. Yeah, there you wow. go. Wow. So who yeah. is qualified um, or who should apply for that? Would it be someone just getting ready to go in looking at franchising or is it existing businesses? I mean, you know, it, 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 it's really both. Um, existing businesses that are looking to expand, let's say that you have a, a carpet cleaning franchise, but you want to add in a, a, a lawn care franchise because, hey, a right. customer that has a carpet might ha- have, have a lawn too, right, uh, which is mm-hmm. called a complementary franchise. Um, so, that, so, that, so that exists. But I would say kind of coming back, back to the, the, the heart of that quote of being your own boss, mm-hmm. if, you, if you really want to get into business for yourself, these stars right now are aligned. You're getting forgiven six months, no pay- payments on that SBA loan. Um, and you, you know, just with that alone, it, it's a great re- re- reason to, to, to get in. Um, but who, oh, so you, you asked who, who should apply credit mm-hmm. important, you know, it, it, you can't, not anybody can get an SBA loan. There are pre-qualifying requirements, like a credit score, um, should be over 685 is typically the cutoff. Um, they, they, they may be relaxing some of the, the, the lending requirements. Um, that, that's to be seen. We don't know yet, um, but for right now. And, um, yeah, ju- 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 just somebody that you got decent credit, maybe some, some co- co- collateral, like, like, like if you own your home or have equity in your home, that's a plus. Um, and, yeah, you're, you are pa- passionate about getting into business for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's who, who should 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 look into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and these are very interesting times, and I believe that it is um, it has put us into a position where we are rethinking the way we live. 
when we were speaking earlier mm-hmm. in the green room, um, I, I mentioned that I just feel like people are looking at this five bedroom house and it's just a husband and wife and maybe a two year old that lives in that house. And they're wondering now, do we even need this space anymore? Are y'all seeing clients really rethink the way that they're looking at life and the way that they are moving forward after this pandemic? Yes. Uh, and it's, it's funny you say that uh, because I was, I was actually on a call this morning uh, with an existing client of ours who, when we met him, he was in the painting franchise space. He was doing tremendously well. He had just opened and was in year two and was looking for some tax planning advice. We got him on a tax plan. We're probably going to save him close to $45,000 in taxes this year for 2019. Uh, but his numbers for 2020 are going, he's projecting them to be about 50%. Um, and what that has made him do, he's 60 years old. It's just him and his wife. Kids are out of the house. He lives in a large home in North, a very desirable location in North Carolina. And he said to me, Jason, I'm thinking about selling my house. And because the numbers are where they're at, he goes, I don't need this house. So what he said is that this whole pandemic and the economy included has made him realize that, you know, I don't need excess right now. So he's literally going to sell his home. And it's, it, while we were on the phone, he put the, the home on MLS last night. He got an offer. Of someone wanted to come and see the home this morning. But he's going to sell the home, and he's going to go ahead and rent an apartment for the next six months to a year, see how everything uh, shakes out in the economy. And from there, then he may go to purchase himself a new location, a new piece of property. Uh, but he, he even told me, I, I don't need the things that I had assumed I needed before. And I think mm-hmm. that goes, you know, if he had a, a family, a house full of kids and other things, I could see a difference. But I think people are overall uh, kind of reconfiguring the way they're viewing their needs and wants. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this individual is very successful. He doesn't need to sell his home, but I think it's sobering what's happening right now. And people are kind of moving forward in a more, uh, I guess, practical manner I mean, if you're, it's just you and your wife, who needs a 5,000-square-foot home? I mean, right, right, you, right. You don't. I think people, so. I think people are, are, we're being pushed to make more deliberate decisions rather than just arbitrary or whatever they saw on TV is the latest, biggest, greatest. Now I think that there is this pause has, I think, allowed us to um, leverage a pause in our life. And that gives us some introspective. I know that's not exactly the topic that CPAs usually dwell upon, but I think we all have, have been faced with this. Well, it's interesting that you say that because this kind of goes back to where John and I really are more CFOs. And with that, we take kind of on a kind of an advisory role with our clients. So right now through all of this, John and I have spent countless hours on the phone with our clients trying to figure out how we're going to get through this yeah. and what happens when we get through this. And, and it's turned into uh, a, a very different relationship than the normal, uh, I guess, 
corporate CPA type of perception that people have. And I think John and I are better advisors than we are anything else. Uh, We've helped the client who owns a salon out in Denver. She basically had to shut down. But Mm -hmm. with working with us, and, and John can attest to this even more, he worked closely with her. The work we did with her could very well get her through this pandemic. All the other businesses that are stylist salons have gone out of business. We've helped her. Now she's going to weather the storm and she may be one of the only places that people can go get a, mm, a, a decent wow. haircut on the, on, on the neighborhood. And now right. business will boom for them. So sure. for, for, and for us, it's about getting through this, working with you and you really create a unique relationship with your clients that they now come to you before they go to anyone else for their business, which yeah. is, is right. it's a pretty, it's a pretty great relationship for us to have. Yeah. Well, it certainly takes it to a different level when you, uh, when your clients are in a position that they have to be extremely vulnerable because uh, you guys probably know it better than I do that when it comes to finances, People will tell you everything about their family, their uh, their health history. They'll tell you about everything, but they're not going to tell you the truth about all their finances. So, you know, now you're probably in a position where they are very open and more vulnerable than ever to share every detail with you. Yeah, John, tell them, tell them about uh, uh, our client out in Denver. I mean, <laughs> We, we did their tax returns. We helped them with the PPP, the EIDL. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. literally nothing we don't know about them. Right. Yeah, they they, they, they came to us luckily uh, very – well, actually, I, I had sent out a blast uh, email through our CRM um, to – as soon as, as, soon as uh, the EIDL came out, I was like, you know, me and Jason both, well, we really got to get this information to, to our clients. So mm-hmm. we, we blasted it out to everybody. Um, we got some, some, some responses, a lot of thank yous for the information, but uh, this per, per particular client um, wanted to, to speak to us and learn more. So we, we hopped on a call. Luckily, we spoke to them early enough in, Mar- in Mar- March that we were able to apply for them both for the EIDL and the PPP, which are the two main um, government funding programs that came mm-hmm. out as a result of, of the pandemic to, to support businesses. Um, and that's not the case for a lot of small businesses. The EIDL, uh, which was the emergency disaster loan uh, administered directly through the SBA, that ran out in a matter of weeks. And people right. were, you know, oh, should, should I apply for this? Should, should I not? It turns out that the EIDL was actually much more support than the PPP. So businesses that got both are in a much, much better spot than the majority of businesses that just got the PPP. Mm-hmm. And so right. they are ecstatically thankful that we helped them with that. That's awesome. Guys, we need to take a real quick commercial break. When we come back, I tell you, I love the stories that you're sharing. It it just really does um, express not just what what you do for uh, your clients, but how you help educate them as well. So when we come back, do you happen to have a few more stories you could share with us? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Folks, we're going to be right back with more from My Franchise CPAs in just a moment. Ready to update your tired old kitchen or bathroom? Then you need to call Gambone's Custom Home Improvements. Gambone's does all phases of remodeling, specializing in kitchen and bath remodels. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements is a company you can trust. Family owned and operated with an A-plus rating with the BBB. Call Gambone's today, 832-437-8898, or check them out on the web at GamboneCHI.com. That's GamboneCHI.com. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements, where you will get quality work at a quality price. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. All Things Franchising is the radio show that you've been waiting for. Whether you're looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle by growing your business, allowing you to experience some of the fun things in life, or if you are looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Linda Biastetos is your host on All Things Franchising, where she interviews franchise experts from around the world. We feature top franchisers, franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, as well as others who support this fast-growing business model. Go to our Facebook and Twitter pages to listen to past shows and join the conversations on All Things Franchising. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Jest Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. And today we are talking to my franchise CPAs. That's Jason Yeaman and John Malika. So before we um, broke for the commercial break, guys, I asked you if you had some more stories that you could share with us. Sure, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll go into uh, to a story, a client that uh, we're working with now. Um, he owns a conserva irrigation in North Car- Carolina. Um, we started to, to work with this gentleman um, late 2019, so we've been working together now for about a half a year. Um, when we first came together, he, he, you know, I think when you when you speak to so many people in, in your business, you start to learn that there's kind of categories people, and there's really not that many. Um, and, and he, he kind of fits into the 
overly analyze everything type where, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can kind of slow down um, your process sometimes. So when he was first looking at, well, what should, should I open? Should I open? Um, you know, he's had a bunch of different op- options and um, he landed on Conserva, uh, which t- turned out to be a great choice. He's actually doing uh, extremely well. Um, but at, at some point you have to, to, to make that decision because it's one of many that you're, you're going to make in your, in, um, your business journey. I, I, the way I like to, to think about it is where do your skills and your interests align? And once you figure that, that out, can the skill that you want to offer um, generate enough interest to meet your long-term term goals. If you can figure that little process out, then, you know, you're, you're way ahead of the pack. And, and he, he figured that out and he realized that um, conservative irrigation was a great opportunity. Then when he decided whether or not he was going to work with us, there was another, I think we spoke maybe five times, five different calls where he was going, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Um, I think one thing he was hung up on is our price was a little bit more than, than, than some of our, our competitors. Uh, we, 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 we don't compete on, on price. We compete on the value that we bring at the end of the day. Um, and he realized that, and he did decide uh, to, to work with us. And he, uh, he, he just had his first full month of operations in the month of April. They went through the reporting in May, and he hit – number 12 nationwide in revenue wow. in his first month. And, right. uh, and, and, he, and when they asked him, you know, what do you, like, how, how, how were you able to do that? He pointed in our direction. He said, you know, by, by John, because I, I work, you know, we, we have a, our clients that uh, Jason will, will mostly work with and the ones that I will mostly work with. This happens to be one that, that I mostly work with. And he said that by, you know, by John, by, by me, taking over all the, the things that don't make money essentially, right? Like all the, the back office yep. stuff, the accounting, taxes, filings, that gave him the freedom to focus on sales, marketing, and delivering the service mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that they, 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 they offer. So, um, you know, and, and we're also going to end up saving him around 25 grand in taxes this year. So, wow. you know, wow. we, nice. we help you to, to make more money and then we help you to save more money on the back end. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is part of the process for someone that is looking at a franchise. So it, they may have that brand in mind. You mentioned that earlier. They may have that brand in mind and think, oh, I've always wanted to do that. But when mm-hmm. You talk to them, and this is as a franchise broker, this is what I do. I talk to them about their skills, their passion, and what they want their lifestyle to look like. Those are the three keys. So, skills are one thing you can always learn skills. Your passion, okay, what is it that you that really gets you going? But the lifestyle is where a lot of people get um, they overlook that piece of it. So, mm-hmm. for example, if, if somebody doesn't want, if they've got five kids at home and they're all under the age of eight and they want a, um, a home-based business, 
I can tell you that's going to be a challenge. And it's just those little things like that that they don't really take into consideration. Or if they really don't, they're not, um, maybe they're, they're not someone that wants to work every day of the week. Well, then how about just finding something where you only have to dedicate a few hours a day, or maybe it's a weekend kind of thing. Those things are so critical to the success, almost as much as the other two put together in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It it comes down to being intentional about Mm -hmm. your life. Like, are you intentional in what you're doing? Or you, you have your, like you you say, say their lifestyle goals. I say their long-term goals. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, are are you, is what you're getting yourself into going to allow you to achieve the life that you want to achieve? And if not, then don't do it. Do something else, you know? Yeah. That's exactly right. And there's something out there for everyone. So there's so many different types. There's something out there for everyone. So that is a great story because most people, I mean, folks, if you're listening and you're thinking about um, stepping into a franchise, know that everybody else that has done this before is probably just as nervous as you are right now. So if you weren't nervous, I would worry about you. So do you have another story that you can share with us? Yeah, we, we do. Um, I deal a lot with uh, painting franchises, and this was an existing franchisee. Um, and what we really work with him on, on is tax planning. And I mentioned him briefly, but when he came to us, and this is something that John and I really pride ourselves on, and this is a flaw we found a lot in public accounting and in finances when it comes to taxation – People view it as an end-of-the-year type of transaction in that, hey, the year's over. I give my information, my balance sheet, my trial balance, my P&L, my W-2, anything related to taxation over to my accountant. He'll go ahead and fill in the blanks on the tax return, and I'm either going to get a refund or I'm going to get a – or owe money and have a tax liability. So in this case, Jeff was probably going to do close to a million dollars in revenue in 2019. So we brought him on as a tax uh, tax planning client. And again, Jeff is a very analytical individual who built databases his whole life. So we, I probably had four or five calls uh, to kind of get him on board. But the first thing we did is we noticed that uh, I reviewed his prior year return for the business. And I noticed that the individual he was working with was a CPA with 30-some-odd years of experience, but what he was is he was the old-school way of thinking when it comes to accounting, taxation, and CFO services, and he just took the information provided, charged Jeff $400, and Jeff owed $9,000. So really to work with this CPA with all of this experience, but this, bat, this retroactive approach, it cost him $9,400 to work with this CPA. Well, I took one look at it and said, hey, Jeff, let's go ahead and I see these opportunities. I see multiple opportunities here. So the first thing we did, and this really garnered his trust, is I said, I'm going to go ahead and we're, as part of this larger tax plan, I'm going to amend this 2018 return. And we amended it. We made some changes structurally to his entity, and we were able to get that $9,000 back. Wow. And on top of that, it was amazing. He didn't believe it at first, um, but – you know, there. I guess that his his disbelief is associated with that old way of viewing the accounting mm-hmm. uh, relationship. So 
mm-hmm. once that opened up the the trust between us even further, we went into his tax return, his, his business. We, uh, like I, I mentioned previously, we'll probably save him in between 40. I mean, it could, it varies, but it just depends on the positions we take, but we're going to save him probably 30 to 50,000, probably 30 to $50,000 every year wow. moving forward over the next 10 years of the, his franchise. Again, yeah. we can't quite figure out what the future holds because of the current uncertainty in our, in our economic climate. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, by working with us, he paid us a nominal fee. The return on investment for him could be over 100x mm. over the 10-year period of his agreement. And then, like I said, I just had a call with him today. We were talking about how he should move forward with selling his home and, and he doesn't need as much and what that looks like. So, it, it, and Jeff is, um, he's, he's my father's age. And mm-hmm. when you talk to him on a peer to peer level, you can really get down to how the world is changing from a proactive approach or excuse me, from a retroactive approach to now a proactive approach. And that's the thing mm-hmm. that John can kind of expound on even more is when we're looking to work with clients, it's critically important that they understand what we want to accomplish with them. John, mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I mean? That's, that's something that's critical for us because we just don't want to work with anybody. We need mm-hmm. people to understand. And sometimes um, you have to show them in increments uh, for them to really open up. You have to prove sure. it, basically. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is a and that is uh, that that's probably one of our biggest challenges is when the CPA is talking to you, like you said at the beginning of your podcast. Don't get bored now. Don't tune mm-hmm. out because when you hear CPA, <laughs> you immediately think boring. You think that's old, right. like gray, dark brown walls in an office and a, you know, it's just dusty and stuffy. Um, and, 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 and that's the, the, the bridge we have to get because it's, it's, that we have to cross because if we can bridge that gap for you, we can save you so much money. Over your 10-year term, if you, that, you know, the typical franchise is about 10 years and you really, you know, from day one, you might be thinking, oh, I'll sell in seven, I'll sell in five, I'll I'll expand and buy three more territories. Whatever you're thinking, if, if, if we get with you from day one and you let us work what we do, we're going to save you really hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes over your full term of your operation from things we do from day one. So if we can get through to the franchisee and explain it to them in a way that they understand, we don't want to start bringing up like, Section 11, the second I say that, and then it's like, ah, oh, I'm not listening yeah. to you, you know? Right. So, we, you right. know, so we try to explain it as simply as we can so you understand the value that we yeah. do bring. That's great, guys. I tell you what, I, I would love to hear more, and I would love to maybe bring you guys back on the show to talk about another topic because we're coming down to the end of the show. Right now, um, could you maybe give your contact information if someone is listening? I guess my first question should be, are, are you specific in who, what state you work with clients? Do they have to be in a specific state or in a specific area for you to work with them? 
Nope. We we work with franchisees all over the country. We even work. We have a couple of clients in Hawaii and Alaska too. Lovely. Okay. So if somebody's listening and they're going, "Heck, I need the help of these guys to make this thing work," how would they get in touch with you? How would they find out more about my franchise CPAs and get in touch with you? Uh, the the best way to get touch with us is go straight to our website www.myfranchisecpas.com in the upper right there is a book and appointment button and and they can get uh, in touch with us there wonderful wonderful Guys, we're down to the final questions here so the next first question is if there's someone listening and I think we may have covered some of this, but if there's someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for this process? Uh, that's a good question. Well, the, the first thing I would say, if you're, if you're currently employed, don't quit your job until you're mm-hmm. ready to almost launch your business. Yeah. Uh, we've seen in the past where, Things change, dynamics change. I mean, heck, look what just happened recently. Yep. So I, I caution everyone, if you're currently working, continue to work um, until you can get that jump off point. Uh, and again, yeah. that's specific. And then two, if they're looking to open up a franchise, I, John and I really stress this a lot, is you may have experience from a lot of places and you may be very, very uh, skilled in a lot of areas, but coming in and going, being open to not knowing what you don't know and learning and following the program that the franchisor has in place. When John and I, when clients turn out to not have the success that they want it's because they're going their own way and they're not listening to the suggestions that we provide them as well as the franchisor and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things we could get into detail but that's it don't Mm -hmm. quit your day job right away until you're about to launch and then when you launch take all preconceived notions you have about yourself and throw them out the window and and be willing to become this business owner for this franchise. Yeah. You have to come into it being teachable and coachable. Otherwise it's not going to work. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next question here is what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? And we may have just mentioned one of them. Coachable. That would be the the name of that, that trait. Be coachable. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and, and do not get. Yeah. Oh, sorry, John. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. <laughs> uh, go and, ahead, and like be coachable because that will capture kind of the services that we bring and the services that the franchisor brings. And don't get discouraged because mm. that can, yeah. can really mess your mentality. Because depending on the type of franchise you open, your ramp up period could be significantly longer than someone else. For example, mm-hmm. if I have a teriyaki madness, when I open my door, I'm almost assured to add 800 to a million dollars in revenue uh, in the first year. Whereas if I'm a restoration company, this may take me a while to get going. If I'm placing individuals into assisted living homes, it may take a while. Uh, so mm-hmm. don't get discouraged. 
that's a big piece of it as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned ramp up. For those people that don't know what that means, uh, could you explain to them what ramp up is? Sure, I can. Uh, well, the examples I use, the teriyaki mammoth is a place that you can go get like the bourbon chicken bowls, almost those great little bourbon chicken bites when you go to a food court. Well, they have variations of this this offer, this offering. And as soon as they open the door, they've got clients. They're busy. They're getting to revenue very quickly. So the type of service they need is going to be completely different than if you are placing individuals into assisted living homes. Sometimes that can take quite a while, six months, seven months, before they're starting to place individuals and and driving revenue. So that is what the ramp-up is, is how long does it take for you to start getting to uh, real revenue numbers that are, are more in line with your expectations. And that's something that a brand new franchisee needs to take into consideration up front because they have to have living expenses. There's operational expenses to running the business. So all of that has to be taken into consideration at the very beginning when they're choosing their, their concept, right? That's right. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the final question here, guys, is um, what does the future of franchising look like? That is first, a John. great question. <laughs> great <laughs> With question. everything that's going on. Um, well, I think in, in the near term, uh, what we're seeing is uh, essential service type franchises are doing extremely well. Um, they're, they're, they're doing extremely well in terms of revenue, in terms of how, how many pe- people are opening them. So, you know, we're talking about like cleaning front, front franchises, uh, Bio One, which is a hazard clean cleanup kind of a franchise, um, lawn-related thing. You know, anything that you can't go away, that we continue to, to need at, regardless of a pandemic. Um, so let's say like recession-proof franchises, we're, we're, we're going to see a lot of growth there. Um, beyond that, I, I'm, I'm a positive individual. I, I like to believe that we're going to get through this sooner ra- rather than later and get back to normal, you know, not the new normal, but like normal, norm, normal. Hopefully, you know, with, let, let's say within 12 months, that's, I'm hoping that would be the, the, the extent of it. Um, and beyond that, I mean, franchise, franchise, Franchising is in an interesting space. If you think gig economy, you think Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and this type 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 of work is growing, um, you know, at exponential rate rates because people don't want want to be locked into a, a W two two job. It's it's not worth it as much, much today as it used to be. And franchising is kind of like a, a really huge step up above that. Like now you can start your own business and, and, you know, run your own destiny. So I think we're going to see the space grow significantly in the coming years. Absolutely. Jason, you have anything to add to that? Um, you know, yeah, we, I see franchising growing and, and I, what I see is old antiquated models going away with the way people are changing. And we were kind of talking about how people are changing from a way that they perceive the world. And I, and I can't give you any examples, but we do see that certain types of franchises are having a difficult time now 
Uh, and you can look at the news. There's certain types of fast food franchises yeah. that are having a tough time. There's certain other gyms and things like that that are having a tough time. And I think it's specifically related to uh, our current economic situation. But I think people's tastes are changing. Yeah. And with that being said is I, I think the – one-size-fits-all franchise model isn't going to work for certain types of places. I think people want more choice, but they want it to be very specific. For example, yeah. if I'm going into a restaurant, I don't want 85 things on the menu. But give mm-hmm. me just like 10 or 12 that you do great, and I'll come here whenever I want my teriyaki bowl of bur- bourbon chicken. Yep. Uh, yep. But you know, And that's where I'm seeing things change is because people, they want a variety they just don't want it all at one place. That's and, exactly and if right. Franchising, if franchisors can see that or brands can see that and they can really hone in on a uh, certain product and really perfect them, I think they're going to be much more successful in the end. Yeah, most definitely. Guys, we're down to the end of the show. One more time, if somebody's listening and they want to find out more information about you, where should they go? Go to our website. Uh, our website address again is www.myfranchisecpas. That's myfranchisecpas.com. Go to the top right-hand corner, book an appointment. We can go ahead and have a strategy session, figure out where you're at in your business and what it would look like for us to work together, whether it be from a tax planning perspective, a CFO perspective, a startup perspective, what do you need to get up and running, et cetera. Uh, or, or if you're an existing client and you're about at your wit's end, John and I have re- helped rescue a few clients that are doing tremendous right now that we're trying to do it all on their own. So if you're a do it all on your own right now and you're pulling your hair out, give us a call, right, John? Wonderful. Absolutely. Very good. Very good, guys. Thanks again for being on the show. I'd love to have you on maybe closer to the fourth quarter so we can get a better idea of what things look like then. So, uh, again, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Linda. So, folks, I hope you were able to walk away with a little bit um, more, a, a better idea of what it takes to get started in a franchise. There's a, there's a lot of moving pieces. And trust me when I say you cannot do this alone. You have to have someone other than the franchisor to help you through that. Me as a franchise broker, that's why I stay on with my clients for three to six months afterwards as their coach, just to help you through that. And these guys, my, my franchise CPAs, they do a phenomenal job in helping to coach you through all the different phases. So keep that in mind when, when you're getting ready to look at a concept. So as always, I leave you with a, a quote. This quote is a Tony Robbins quote. Uh, the meeting of preparation with opportunity generates the offspring that we call luck. Folks, go out and have a lucky week. Hope to see you next time on All Things Franchising. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.